Welcome to episode number 33. Yes, I said 33 of Sports Bar Talk. Wherever you're listening today, from Arkansas to Gettysburg, Pittsburgh to New Wilmington, Gettysburg, even back to, even to Nyack, New York, or even in jolly old England, welcome. I'm Alex, but you already knew that. This is Sports Bar Talk, and you know what we do have. We don't just have the best sports, well, we don't have, I don't, I can say for one thing's for certain. Might not be the best sports talk podcast uh, in uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Might not be the best, but I can tell you what. We're the best podcast right now that combines sports and food together. I can tell you that right now. That's a fact. Okay, maybe not a fact. But this is Sports Bar Talk where we got the best seat in the house. And this little bit of a personal announcement. We're going to start off the gates, so... I have started the second semester of my college studies at Westminster in beautiful New Wilmington. Um, hi, everyone. If you're listening from there, I don't think anyone has ever told them about it. But, uh, so, with that, episodes will probably be shorter. Uh, it'll probably be like back in the summer, 15 to 20 minutes. Maybe you'll have an outlier here and there. But it'll probably be more like that. I'll probably pick two or three big sports topics from the week, recap it, maybe preview a big event, and then we'll I'll give you my take on it, and then we'll have a food or a restaurant of the week. So it'll basically feel like the summertime all over again. We'll, the, the episodes might get longer when we get closer to March Madness, the college basketball tournament. Uh, maybe before a big event like the NFL draft or something. So most of the times, because of my coursework already, like today it's going on on a Friday, episodes will probably be recorded and out there on Friday. The best day of the week, in my opinion, Friday. So, and we'll talk a variety of sports next week. Uh, unless, God forbid, a legend in the world of sports like Kobe dies on, like, Sunday... God, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, next week's episode will be strictly Super Bowl. Uh, probably, the only, I can say with 95% certainty, it'll only be football next week. Unless something big happens. Well, maybe I'll do an instant reaction if something big happens. But next week will be strictly Super Bowl. We'll break down the game. Maybe I'll go over some of my... Uh, prop picks, because I know some websites you can, like ESPN, I think, will have a prop competition that you can play for free, like, you can decide how long the national anthem is going to be, will it be over under uh, two minutes, maybe, I don't know, but that's next week, strictly Super Bowl, break down the game, I'll give you my pick, I have a food of the week that I have been, literally, when I was, when I went at, when I first came up with the idea for sports bar talk back in june i was like i have to save this food of the week for super bowl sunday or some point during football season so i already have the food of the week planned out for next week and when you're writing your reviews for this week feel free to make a prediction what that food might be uh maybe i'll shout you out if you got it or if you get it right on next week's episode 
So, with that being said, speaking of the Super Bowl, we have the matchup. The Tampa, well, start, we'll start the AFC champion for the second year in a row. The Kansas City Chiefs will try to be the first team to go back-to-back as Super Bowl champions since the Patriots did it in 03 and 04. They will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are quite literally making history just by being in the game regardless of the result. Why are they making history, you say? They will be the first team in NFL history to play in the Super Bowl at their home stadium. The Super Bowl, of course, is in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. That's where the Buccaneers play, and that's where the Super Bowl will be. So there you go. History. Low history fact. This will be the first Super Bowl where the home team will be the team will be the hometown team. Literally. Um so we got that going for us. It is gonna be an interesting game, but next week we'll talk about the game and whatnot. I just want to recap the two championship games. And if, real quickly, because I'm already five minutes in and I want to make this quick. NFC Championship game, you know, the Bucks won. I did have a little bit of a problem with the officiating in terms of the consistency of calling pass interferences because the refs were letting the, those guys hold and grab them and pl- basically letting them play the whole game. And then on the third and four, when Brady threw a little crossing route to, I believe it was Mike Evans, it was a clear and obvious hold. The call was correct, but, like, you've let that call go all day. And... I know the conspiracy theories are out there. All the refs are helping Tom Brady again. The NFL just loves Tom Brady. What and yada yada yada. Well, it was the correct call, but some of the conspiracy theorist people they do have a valid point. NFL will never come out and admit that they would help Tom Brady. I don't know personally. I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of and I've done a deep study of like the, these professional sports leagues. I think some for some of these games, whatever the best storyline can make the most money for the league, and here's our capitalism theme we could talk about for the whole month of January, whatever they talk about ca- capitalism, um, they want probably the refs to call the game and favor one team because that would give them the best storyline. So in this case, the Bucks potentially playing the first Super Bowl in their home stadium, and with COVID being the way it is and the league already losing money, maybe this has... Gives them a better shot to offset some of those funds. Just a theory. I mean, we also see it in basketball it's basketball as well, maybe a little bit. Um, you see the re- the t- league probably telling the refs, all right, here, favor some calls for the- this team. We need this team to get maybe to a certain spot to make the most money, potentially to make more money for the league. Um, but who knows? Maybe they don't. I don't know. What do I know? Um, and then the Bills and the Chiefs, and I just want to give a shout-out to Buffalo. Y'all did. Y'all had one heck of a season. Ah, you know there were a lot of people picking you guys and uh, Bills Mafia. You've got a great fan base. I think the Bills have a very good chance to make it to the Super Bowl in the next two seasons. Josh Allen is a talent. He's got an arm. I think in about five years, he, with his arm, he might overtake uh, Mahomes. I don't know that for a fact, and I love Mahomes, and that's saying a lot. I think they need to get one more playmaker on offense, and they need to get a couple more defenders. Preferably D-linemen, linebackers. They're great in the secondary with Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, but they might need one more defensive guy that can pass rush and whatnot. 
and they probably need to get one more playmaker. They need a running back. That's what they need. I mean, they don't really have a run game. Anyway, enough football. Just wanted to quickly recap the championship games. Next week, all Super Bowl. We'll break down the game. We'll go in depth. I'll give you the pick. By the way, I can't remember. I think I picked the Packers last week. But I may have picked the Bucks. But I can tell you, we did get the Chiefs game right. Um, I'll have to go back and listen. Alright, enough football for now. Let's recap the UFC fight we talked about last week with Conor McGregor. And in case you 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 bought the pay-per-view or you watched an illegal stream of it. Yes, Dustin the Diamond Poirier. The pride of Lafayette, Louisiana, pulled off the upset with a round two TKO of Connor. And, you know, Poirier had a very good game plan. You know, I think the key to the fight was Poirier was using a lot of calf kicks. And those were able to beat up McGregor's legs. And McGregor just didn't have his mobility. Couldn't be as be as elusive and dodging punches, and that allowed Poirier to take advantage. He went in, he stunned him a little, a couple times, and then in the second round, you know, McGregor controlled the fight for most for the first round and most of the second round. But Poirier, once he got his um, McGregor's leg kind of broken, and leg and McGregor, excuse me, couldn't uh, move as well. That's when Poirier started getting more on the off- offensive side and knocking him down. So we had Poirier winning. He was the underdog, of course, in the fight. The other underdog in the Hooker-Chandler fight, Michael Chandler, welcome to the UFC, had a vicious right hook, I believe, of Dan the Hangman Hooker. Knocked him out and won the fight. And a lot of people thought, oh my goodness, this Michael Chandler knockout might be the fight that brings Khabib out of retirement, if you were ta- if you remember listening last week. Uh... Khabib said he wasn't impressed. I get the feeling Khabib... It was going to take a McGregor win, potentially. I get the feeling Khabib will stay retired. Um, If there's any fight that Khabib might want, maybe it's Charles Oliveira, but I think Khabib will stay in retirement. Um, But Michael Chandler, a lot of talk now. The lightweight division stacked. Um, I know you guys don't really know much about the MMA world uh, probably only a couple people that listen know what I'm talking about when the light when I say the lightweight division stacked what do you do now do you book Michael Chandler and Poirier for the lightweight title uh it sounds like Poirier's not interested in that fight so I think the route to go will be Poirier versus uh either Charles Oliveira or Justin Gaethje for the title and then Michael Chandler would fight whoever will uh, out of those two, doesn't get to fight Poirier for the belt, and the winner of that fight would fight for the belt. So basically, a little mini tournament we got going on uh, in the UFC in the lightweight division. Uh, not sure when we'll talk about UFC again, but I-, I will maybe build up some of the MMA talk a little bit with NFL season running out. Alright, another sporting event going on. Now that we're kind of going away from football, and football season is ending... I will start ramping back up, and this specifically is a shout-out to hit him straight. The golf talk will start, start to ramp up now. And now also, since most of the tournaments, at least on the weekend, will get back on like CBS and NBC on, and the broadcast television, I think it'll be important that we start talking about golf. And it starts this week with the Farmers Insurance Open. Right now we're recording this on a Friday. They're currently in the middle of the second round. Um, 
great tournament so far. A lot of good golfers are in the field or playing this week. You know, you got Rory, Spieth, uh, who else? Jason Day. I don't think he's going to make the cut, though. Adam Scott, Tony Finau. Um, I mentioned Rory, John Rahm, Snedeker. It'll be very interesting. A lot of these guys, it's their first tournament of the year. Um, they're playing in San Diego. It's actually raining today in California. So, oh, the odds that there would be rain in California during a golf tournament in the wintertime. Uh, this is the beginning of the uh, free week West Coast swing on P- on the PGA Tour. They go to my favorite golf tournament on the PGA Tour that's not the players or a major, major, the Waste Management Phoenix Open where they have hole 16, it's the par free, and it's shaped like an actual like football stadium or something. And a lot of those golf players, golfers love playing in that tournament just because of that whole one hole. It's a par free, and it simulates, you know, in golf, golf is not like the other sports where the crowd's on top of you and roaring craziness and whatnot. That one hole is the only sport where the golfers feel like they're in, like, a high-stakes football or basketball game, and they embrace it. They normally encourage the crowd to get rowdy even in the shot when, you know, normally you're supposed to be quiet. But if you, and the best part is, if you sink a nice long putt or hit a very good approach next to the hole, it'll be like, you'll be the big man there. It'll be like, they'll go crazy for you like you're Michael Jordan or somebody. But if you hit a bad shot or you miss a five-footer off that really good shot uh, and you miss the putt, they will turn on you very quickly. They'll you'll look like the scapegoat almost. So that's what's going on there in the uh, Phoenix Open. That's next week's Super Bowl week. Probably won't talk about the tournament. That's why I wanted to talk about it right now. And then you have it used to be the Northern Trust Open. I think I think they call it the Genesis Open now in Riviera, which is in L.A. And then they go to the Florida Swing. We'll talk more about that later. But I can tell you right now that second round coverage currently, if you're watching this or listening, it's on Golf Channel. Then third and fourth round coverage will go to CBS. Jim Nance doing the double dip. He's calling the golf at Torrey Pines this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Then I think immediately following, he's flying to Tampa to do the Super Bowl with Mr. Romo. Uh, So, nice double dip kind of, double header kind of week. For Jim Nance, and I was, by the way, real quick. Well, first, let me give you the times. So, on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, from like one to three, the coverage starts on Golf Channel. That's two channel two eighteen on Direct TV. Then at three, it moves to your CBS station for on the third and fourth round coverage. But as I was saying with Jim Nance, you know what a stretch he's in. Probably one of the most hectic, but yet enjoyable stretches of his broadcasting career. So, you know, PGA Tour came back in June following the restart. Basically, he's been going nonstop on the golf till August, and he had a couple weeks off. Gets to do the NFL. Gets a break from the NFL in mid-November for the Masters. Comes back, does the NFL, and now he's in a great stretch. Doing the golf. Then he goes to the Super Bowl. Then two weeks of golf. Then a little break. Then he's back doing college basketball in March Madness because he is also the voice of March Madness, so he's doing March Madness. Then, um, then after the national championship, he'll fly from Indy to Augusta for the Masters. And actually, I believe last week was the halfway point from the last Masters to the next Masters coming up. So Ag- the Masters is coming up quick. Hard to, hard to believe I'm saying that. 
Alright, I hadn't thought about a food of the week. So I'll just give you a quick restaurant of the week because I see we're at 16 minutes. Uh, I'm going to give you... I will give you Owls of Hampton in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. This is one of my favorite pizza places that when the New York correspondent was living in Mechanicsburg took me to, and I was in love. I'd love to get... They have everything here. They have... it's Now it's called Owls of Hampton Pizza and Brewing Company. So they brew their own beer for the adults in the crowd. They brew their own beer. Which is crazy. I never heard of a pizzeria brewing their own beer. When you walk in... You, it's like an assembly line. You order your food, then you go sit down. You order at the at the uh, counter. It looks like you're in a gigantic factory or a warehouse when you walk in. Surrounded by big, heavy, I guess, machinery and kegs of beer. They have, and it's like a pizza, and it's like a pizzeria mixed with a brew, brewery. So the appetizers you've got, you know, fries, cheese fries. Uh, fried zucchini, fried vegetables, whatnot. But they also have garlic. They have, like, the biggest German pretzels I've ever seen. Uh, they have garlic parmesan tater tots. They've got a lot. They have wings. They have a lot of flavor of wings, too. I love their garlic parmer and their butter garlic. They've got soups. They've got salads. The pizza is really good. I get a white pizza, and I top that pizza with ham. A beautiful combination. Highly recommend it. Stuffed pizzas. Can't go wrong with a stuffed pizza with uh, meatballs in it. Meatball parm pizza. Strombolis are amazing. And of course, they do have pasta dinners. And their subs are... I've never had their subs, but I bet they're very good. Uh, and they have chocolate chip cannolis. You can't go wrong with a cannoli. Alright, with that being said... Thank you! Thank you! Thank you for listening to Sports Bar Talk. We'll see, I'll, I'll hope to see you next week when we have the big Super Bowl preview. Where I will break down the game, the storylines in the game, give you my pick, and that mystery food of the week that I've been holding on to since June. Boy, I can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to talk about it. Alright, this is Sports Bar Talk. Where we got the best seat in the house.